Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. The Southern Chester County Chamber of Commerce promotes trade, commerce, industry, and sustainable economic development while supporting a diverse and growing marketplace. The Chamber is proud to partner with the Start Local podcast to raise the profile of businesses and nonprofits throughout Chester County. Learn more about the Chamber at sccc.com. Welcome to Start Local, where we connect with local leaders to support local businesses and nonprofits in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'm here today with my co-host, Eric Goodmanson. Eric, hello, and how are you today? Hi, Liam. I'm doing very well because as I look outside, I see a little bit of snow, and uh, that's that's very inspiring to me around this time of year. So I have no idea if you out in radio land and listener land will will see snow when you're listening to this or not, but know that I'm in a good mood because I'm seeing some snow today. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was it was fall, falling, but it wasn't a big, big flakes. I I always get, especially the first few ones. They're still fun. I'm not irritated by the snow yet, so it was great. Before we get into welcoming our guests to the show, though, uh, Eric, we want to just remind our listeners again about the plans we're putting together for that in person event um, coming up. And what we're looking at, folks, is something probably in February, and we're going to be at a, at a local venue, a pub or a restaurant or somewhere nice, and we're going to get together in person over some good food and some good drinks. So we are going to finalize that in the, in the coming weeks here, and we will be sure to keep you informed. So to be informed, uh, what you want to do is go to our website, which is startlocal.co, and sign up on our website. Uh, We have a mailing list. We don't uh, spam you on a regular basis, but when we have something really particularly interesting going on, uh, you'll receive an email from us, and this in-person gathering might just be one of those interesting things. I I think it's going to be interesting, Eric. But anyway, onward we go. Let's, Let's meet our guest. Today, we welcome Douglas Thompson, Manager of Manufacturing with RV Industries, a local manufacturing company based right here in Honeybrook. Honeybrook, Pennsylvania. But RV has facilities and operation further afield as well, and we'll get into that for sure. Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Liam, and thank you, Eric. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So let's get into it then. So we talked about RV Industries. It's a manufacturer. Let's start with a really simple question. What do you make that our listeners might recognize or might have heard of? Well, that's a really interesting question for us at RV Manufacturing because a lot of what leaves our doors, our listeners may not recognize, but what it is going to do and to going to produce, uh, I think every listener could recognize. Um, some of our major, uh, some of our major markets include power market. We make components that are critical to providing electricity to all our homes and businesses. Uh, we make the equipment that both manufacturers and packages pharmaceutical and food products. Um, We make equipment that manufactures the paper that everybody seems to get at their doorstep now with the Amazon boxes. Um, And so there's a lot of equipment that uh, is produced by RV that people may not recognize when it's on a truck heading to the manufacturing facility. But once it leaves that manufacturing facility, uh, we do everything from provide the equipment that prints M's on M&M's to the equipment that puts cheese Whiz in a container. 
That's impressive. And I think many people might assume you make like recreational vehicles, but, you know, making the stuff, the equipment that, that prints <laughs> the M's on the M&M's is, is definitely not a recreational vehicle. Oh, it's funny you say that. I, I have a manufacturing background. A lot of that was in the paper industry. I was a customer of RVs before I came to work here. And I had a number of friends that were concerned that I was entering a market that was up and down with the recreational vehicle business. But that, that's not where RV comes from. Very good. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if we're doing a Jack Kerouac tribute or something like that, it could get very interesting here. But uh, I wanted to to ask about your particular role there at RV Industries. Doug, you're the manager of manufacturing of engineering at RV. So tell us about your job and what do you do in that role? And uh, what are you managing manufacturing? Uh, that's a great question. Again, um, as a manager of manufacturing at RV, uh, it's easy to assume that that I'm the technical expert that is responsible for making sure that that we weld things properly and that we assemble things properly and that we're building to print and all that sort of thing. But uh, I'm surrounded by well over a hundred subject matter experts that are much better at, at those things than I am. Uh, my responsibility really is to build the teams for today and for the future of RV. In manufacturing and also working with the other departments, our engineering department, our quality departments, our purchasing and logistics departments to make sure that we're in a good spot from our human systems moving forward so that we continue to be a successful company here in Chester County. In preparing for this conversation, Doug, you shared with us that uh, RV began as and I'm not probably going to quote you directly, but I'm not that far off. Two guys with a welder on a truck. And that was 50 years ago, which, mm-hmm. which is an oppressive feat in and of itself. It's founded out in Honeybrook, and it's now well beyond just Honeybrook. You have facilities in Pennsylvania, not just in Honeybrook, but around Pennsylvania, a few different locations. You're in New Jersey, and you're out in Illinois as well. Talk to us about your company's focus and dedication to growth, and specifically growth through acquisition. Well, the R and V and RV are the first names of our founders, Ron and Dick. And they had a dedication to not only providing needed services and products to people, but providing an elevated quality of life for the people that came to work for them. So our ability to grow really comes from that dedication to our people. Um, it's people first, which really leads subsequently to brilliant engineers, brilliant fabricators, uh, the best welders we feel, obviously. I'm sure there's others that may argue uh, in, the, in the area. And that allows us to, to be relatively aggressive with acquisition growth because we've, we're confident that we have the people systems in place to support that. So um, looking at our founding, it'll be 50 years next year in 2024, um, Looking at our founding, uh, Ron and Vic may not have seen all this growth, but they certainly saw the foundation that was necessary for the growth. It's hard to believe that 50 years ago was only 1974. Uh, But no matter how we think about it, a lot has changed in Chester County since then. So what has kept your headquarters and so much of your manufacturing here in Chester County with all the changes going on around us here? People. Our core people are here, and we feel that our core 
people for the future are here uh, in Chester County and the surrounding area. Um, there's a really interesting history to this part of the world that I think is an, an amazing combination of a work ethic that comes from our background um, in this area, uh, particularly out here in Western Chester County, in uh, the fact that we're accessible to the educational opportunities and the arts opportunities and you know the big cities on the East Coast while still maintaining that rural work ethic that uh, I think so, so often we don't talk enough about. And it's, it's an amazing combination that allows us to attract and maintain really, really talented people. I love that answer. Just the first word answer, people. That was fantastic. Thanks, Doug. I did, I did not see that coming. I'm so delighted with your answer. We appreciate manufacturing as a key part of the Chester County economy. Yet we also expect that probably a number of folks don't realize how much manufacturing happens right here in our own county, in our own area. And kind of for wider context, we are aware that U.S.-based manufacturing has become a greater priority in recent years. Given your professional experience in manufacturing, help us understand the value that manufacturing brings specifically to our local area. I think it brings a couple of things, Liam. Uh, first and foremost is, uh, quite honestly, a payroll base that is hard to compete with. Uh, if you look at the history of Chester County, and I have some other manufacturing history out of Downingtown uh, with the paper industry, which has a rich history in that area. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the bedroom community type uh, organizations that, that come into places like Westchester and Downingtown. And, and as we know, it's spreading. Um, again, nothing wrong with coffee shops and restaurants and that sort of thing, but you can't compete with manufacturing payroll. And the, the fact that that economy stays local um, that the tax base and the residential base and those sort of things are really driven, um, I think, by manufacturing or having a manufacturing base. And then beyond that, it's the local supplier relationships. We do a lot of business with other Chester County suppliers, whether it be metal suppliers, hardware suppliers, um, suppliers of services uh, to RV. That economy is also kept uh, kept relatively local. And I think that is a real engine for, for local economies and schools and uh, just the, uh, the local community as a whole. Education is certainly an important component of, of people and, and workforce issues. You yourself have, have one advanced degree in organizational change, and I think you're working towards a doctorate in organizational change, if I recall. Um, so how does that level of education and knowledge acquisition play out in your day-to-day -day work? Or, or to ask it another way, um, what value does your advanced studies enable you to bring to the workplace? Well, other than the uh, ludicrous notion that you ought to go back to school in your 50s and get advanced degrees, um, <laughs> I, 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 I feel it's actually the timing has worked perfectly for me. Right, My children are grown, and my wife owns a business in the Morgantown area, Morgantown, Pennsylvania area. And I think what it brings Eric and Liam to an organization, and what it's brought for me is a view of the rigor behind research. And by that, I mean the rigor behind 
understanding your own organization, if you will, researching your own organization with that type of rigor to understand what the key drivers really are. Um, as we know, a lot of times the first why is not the full answer. The second why is a little closer. The third why is closer yet. So I think it's the, the link that I've best made and I think that benefits RV or benefits anybody that studies at that level is the rigor behind the research. And if we apply that um, beyond the academic, then real things happen in organizations that are very positive. COVID forced enormous change on, on businesses across all sectors. And that's COVID was how this podcast gets started. But as we've transition to our, our, our second focus, uh, kind of a general focus on, on local businesses, we change is near constant, right? If nothing else, technology uh, forces us to change practically nearly everything, almost nearly every day. So with your educational background, how are you approaching change management at RV to help the, the business, and it's a bigger one now, keep up to date with everything? That's uh, that's such an interesting question because quite often we think of changed in directed or planned change within an organization, and that's absolutely legitimate. But I think because of the pace of change that is upon us and will continue to escalate in velocity, uh, organizations may be best suited to start working on building the capacity to change as opposed to the change itself. There are a bunch of really gifted project managers out there, people that have, that understand ProSci and other processes that can really help organizations um, get and work through planned and directed change. However, if you work on the capacity to change and specifically things like building a team of frontline leaders that work very well together uh, so that change, you don't have to get over that hurdle to begin change. It's removing departmental silos so that you don't have to get over that to, to, um, that, to go about change. It's getting rid of things that are real, like day shift, night shift friction and manufacturing facilities, right? That, so that's, that's building the capacity to change. And it, I think it allows us to be better suited for directed and planned change. But the beautiful thing at the end of the day is this emergent change happens within your organization or can happen, right? Our folks understand our business as well as anybody at a different level sometimes. So as we build the capacity to change, we're not only more agile for planned and directed change, some of that emergent change starts to happen on its own. Doug, in a number of recent conversations here on our podcast, we've talked a lot about how local businesses and even nonprofits are starting to use AI or are really using it uh, to greater extent. Can you tell us about how RV Industries harnesses the power of AI? I expect robotics too, and other technologies. Sure, I don't think we're to the point of AI yet. However, the line is so blurry, right? We have the fourth industrial generation, or I'm sorry, the fourth industrial revolution, pardon me, which is the, the melding of the physical and the digital and even the biological world, right? Um, and we're beginning to see some of that with the robotics. We do employ robotics at, uh, at RV uh, from in the form of independent robot welding to 
manipulated welding, which is still a human interface to a machine that is welding on behalf of the human, if you will, to um, looking at cobots, which are smaller scale, still human interfaced uh, robots that do certain types of welding for us. But I, and I think that we're beginning to ponder how it's going to affect the other parts of our business with respect to our relationships with suppliers and vendors, our accounting practices, and those kind of things around enterprise resource programs. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating to see how it all unfolds. But to your point, Liam, we are on the front end from a robotics standpoint, uh, yet to see what the rest brings. In my day job, I work a lot with IT and cybersecurity, and we receive warnings from the FBI regularly about criminals targeting the manufacturing industry with ransomware and, and, and other nasty, nasty things. And we see that happening all the time in local businesses, unfortunately, small and large. So what have you done to improve your cybersecurity credentials with compliance standards like CMMC, NIST 800-171, um, and just you know everything else that's out there to not only be compliant for your, your important clients, uh, but also more secure? Yeah, a lot of the work we do is um, non-disclosure agreement work, right? There's some specifics I didn't answer in the first question of the podcast because of that. So we have to be very cognizant of that. Um, we have, because we've grown relatively rapidly uh, in recent years in particular, we're still working through what you may see, Eric, on a regular basis, the transition from a homegrown ERP system that that works terribly well for us, right? But now with, with folks like uh, RW Hartnett and Ackley Machine and some of the recent um, acquisitions that are part of the RV family now coming on, we're in the midst of integrating all those systems. And um, I wish I could tell you more detail. I do know that we are working on it um, because of because of the sensitivity of a lot of the work that we do. It's going to be necessary. Well, I'm sure your colleagues in the IT department are very happy that you're being very vague in what specific security measures you have implemented. <laughs> Eric is nodding for those who can't see, so I think he's <laughs> agreeing with me on that one. Well, that's, uh, but, yeah, Liam, that vagueness is, is twofold. Number one, uh, again, I have experts <laughs> surrounding You might, you might me not know what you're doing. <laughs> They're doing it, though. They're doing it. That's right. Well, and it's just a, another example of, of how far manufacturing has come. Uh, you know, I, I think you talked about Mike Rowe when we were doing a little bit of a pre-interview and all the attention he's bringing to the manufacturing industry. But it's it's not a simple assembly line with a, a bunch of robotic type workers. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot of engineering. There's a lot of precision. Um, and there's, there's an awful lot of talent that has to go behind all that. So, um, you know, one of the questions that we have uh, is, is, you know, tell us a little bit more about your workforce and, and are you hiring right now? Yes. <laughs> Emphatically, yes. <laughs> I love uh, your short <laughs> one-word answers. It's, it doesn't make for much of a podcast, but uh, I love well, the, the, the explanations <laughs> behind them are, of course, perfect. Uh, yes, we're hiring. And um, we, our workforce is, uh, is fantastic. Uh, the, one of the unique uh, aspects of RV industries is that we will build to a customer's print, their engineered print, but we will also design and build um, almost to the point of 
taking a napkin or napkin sketch of uh, what somebody has from a process idea and taking it through the entire design phase uh, and build phase to meet the process needs of that manufacturer. So we've got very, very talented engineers uh, that can can do that work. We have very, very talented estimators that understand what it takes to do that work. Our manufacturing engineers then get involved with uh, how, the, how it's gonna be built and work very closely with our fabricators on the floor uh, to fit that, that, uh, that equipment to weld it to assemble it and to do some of the final work on it. So um, I'm really encouraged with our workforce. There's some, there's some challenges like you mentioned. Uh, Micro has given more of a national stage to the trades, um, but we're, we're now, we now are working with the smallest generation in numbers with Gen Z entering the workforce. And our baby boomers, which were the largest generation in numbers, are retired if not retired already, or retiring if not retired already. So that's a transition that I, I know that all manufacturers are going through, not just RV. So certainly a lot of manufacturers are getting involved with innovative and exciting ways to entice the next generation to come out and explore the opportunities within, to your, to your word, the trades, but in a manufacturing career. And certainly the, the job descriptions and titles that you just walked us through, everything from uh, some kind of computer design to actually doing the building and everything in between gives a lot of opportunity. We know that RV partners with local educational institutions like UTI here in Eagle View, Thaddeus Stevens College of Technology out in Lancaster, and even the Pennsylvania College of Technology up in Williamsport. So tell us a little bit more about what you might tell a student and that student's parents if the student or the parents were thinking, maybe, maybe manufacturing is for us, maybe it's not. What would you tell them? Well, first I would tell them it's a career. It's, uh, it's a professional career. Uh, I think quite often we separate what we feel are professional careers like law, engineering, uh, management, marketing uh, from the trades. But uh, if you speak with some of our folks that helped build this organization that are still here at 65 years old welding uh, this equipment that goes to the, you know, to Fortune 50 companies around the world, um, you you could get a really good idea what kind of career it could be. These people have raised children. They've sent children to school. Uh, they have hobbies just like the rest of us. So the first and foremost, I think it is the emphasis that trades can be a very, very satisfying career. Um, and and secondly, there's, there's a trade-off. Uh, again, to be real, you can get a, you can get a welding, certificate or a two-year associate's degree in welding and not have a hundred thousand dollars of debt uh, that you're going to incur with a you know with a bachelor's degree at most universities so I think from an economic standpoint it uh, it provides a real option for people that uh, that have skill sets and have have desires to work uh, not just with their hands but with their brains and you, you talked earlier that the, the manufacturing industry 
offers a very competitive pay scale over some of the retail or other more uh, high street available types of jobs. Can you talk a little bit about the range of, of salaries that folks working on the manufacturing floor or doing some of the other jobs you've talked to might, might be able to expect? Well, I think it's so broad. It depends. There's so much different manufacturing. Yeah, no, fair point. Maybe and I should narrow that down. Maybe just no. pick one job title and talk about that. And, you know, you, yeah. I know you have 200 employees in the area, and I imagine right. there's a lot of pay scales there. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, entry-level work in heavy manufacturing in particular, whether, and that's my background, whether it be a paper mill or a steel mill or a custom metal fabrication like we do here at RV, uh, an entry-level position, uh, which can be attained, honestly, when you're 18 or 19 years old, um, is going to be 50% higher than a retail job, as, a, as an example, right? Uh, if, you, if you do go to school, which obviously we talked about earlier, I, I'm trying to make a career out of doing that. Um, if you do go to school and you, you get a mechanical engineering degree or a chemical engineering degree, um, there are opportunities at facilities just like RV in Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, that are just as um, just as solid from an economic standpoint as going to work for a large engineering firm in a metropolitan area, and you know the cost of living differences and that sort of thing as well. So, uh, I really think having grown up in heavy manufacturing, everything from process engineer to plant manager to vice president of sales and marketing uh there's there's i think it's actually more competitive than most people realize uh you know the the opportunities for folks in manufacturing being in in western chester county and also working in the manufacturing space you're plugged into to chunks of the economy that i think that that folks in chester county don't necessarily interact with on a daily basis at least not consciously so one of the things we're doing with this podcast is helping people understand all the different things that are going on in chester county uh, not just in business but also nonprofit organizations so i'm curious if you could tell us from your perspective is there a local business or nonprofit organization that folks in and around Chester County should know about, but are, but maybe don't? Well, uh, I would I would encourage people to reach out and understand what their local food banks are doing. Uh, RV Industries is very active in a couple local food banks. Uh, one right here in Honeybrook, and then in the Twin Valley or Morgantown area, uh, which is in that Berks, Lancaster, Chester County triad there. Um, having the opportunity to see some of the numbers of how many people those food banks are serving, uh, the numbers are not getting smaller. And the, the number of children are not getting smaller and the number of large families are not getting smaller. And, you know, as we enter what could be very possibly a challenging year in 2024, we all know what election years do to, to consumer confidence and to and can do to businesses along with you know the the interest rate issues that have happened recently and and that sort of thing um yeah i think that uh, very proud of what rd does for the local community through those opportunities and i think it's something that quite often is hidden in plain sight within uh our communities or these food bank opportunities Doug, can you share the names of those organizations that you're partnering with? We want to make sure we give them a shout out and we'll certainly link to them over on our show notes over at startlocal.co. 
Yeah, it's a Honeybrook Food Pantry, and I believe it's the Twin Valley Food Pantry as well. I may not be exactly right on the tail end of those descriptions, but the, the Honeybrook and the Twin Valley, I think, will get, get people to where they need to be. Yeah, those are important organizations, and we've actually had Andrea Yant on from uh, the Chester County Food Bank, and we had Chris Saello on uh, talking about the the Alice population here in Chester County, which is you know that area of population where they're working, but it's essentially the working poor, where they they are above the federal poverty line, yet they don't have enough money to to make all their ends meet. So uh, those are uh, two important shout outs, definitely. Thank you, Doug. Going back to manufacturing, um, what trends do you see in the manufacturing industry? Are there any particular challenges or, or opportunities that are out there right now? Yeah, Eric, and uh, Liam I mentioned it earlier with the, um, we're coming off of a recent decade or two where the trades were not encouraged in school. I think there's been a bit of a resurgence, a bit of a renaissance in trades due to folks like Mike Rowe giving it a national stage. But uh, I would really encourage folks not only in and around our area in Chester County, but uh, you know nationwide to encourage trades as a as a as a career. As we were talking about earlier, I think that's a challenge, uh, particularly because again we're dealing with the smallest generation in numbers. Uh, with Generation Z coming into the workforce. And um, and it's also a generation that's not been exposed to the trades. You know, the vote technical schools that were a lot more prevalent when when I was going through school and perhaps you were, have, have faded a bit. We hope they're coming back. Um, I think that's a real challenge. I think the challenge that you mentioned earlier, Eric, with respect to technology um, is a challenge that we're all going to need to address. How is artificial intelligence going to impact our business and uh, our competitiveness? And uh, I think amongst all that is how do we maintain our human systems um, within this rapid change in technology and these demographic changes, right? At the end of the day, all manufacturing is human-driven. And I think it's going to be uh, particularly critical to to not lose sight of the humanity behind what we're doing with all this technology that's on its way. That's such a great answer. I, I love not shying away from technology, not shying away from change, not shying away from the inevitability of what's next, but also really hanging on to the humanity side of it all. That's really important. That's a great answer. Thanks, Doug. So we've talked um, about really just how RV Industries has grown and grown quite strategically over its 50 years. What's the next move for the company? What, what are you folks looking to do in the, in the next 50? Uh, remains to be seen. However, <laughs> I think that, again, going back to our, our roots that we talked about, I, I, I certainly appreciate you guys bringing that up. Um, that's to me. That's the American dream, right? There were two gentlemen in a truck and a welder, and and look at what we have now out here in Western Chester County in Honeybrook. Uh, I think again, first and foremost, is to provide the opportunity for people for the next fifty years to join um, a growing, dynamic, learning organization 
you know, really wraps up a lot of what you guys have been talking to me about today. There's going to be technology changes. There are going to be there are vast changes in our demographics. There are going to be economic challenges and economic booms. But at the end of the day, um, providing folks in, in Honeybrook and in other areas where RV is located, the opportunity to be part of an organization where it is dynamic and it is learning and it is evolving, that really is the human driver that allows us to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope to be a part of that and get to see some of it for the generations to come. That's really what we're building. That type of growth is really critical for not just Chester County, but the, the region and, our, and the country in general. Um, how can the local community support RV industries? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but uh, encourage the trades. <laughs> you know, it, it's, been, uh, it's been really, uh, I, I had a real fortunate opportunity in my career in the paper industry specifically to have roles that sold technical products back into the paper industry. And I got to, I got to go to the vast majority of the paper mills in North America. Um, and the impact that that level of manufacturing has on the local community really can't be understated. So uh, not only support of the trades, support of your local manufacturing, Chester County is full. I think people would be surprised to know how much manufacturing is in Chester County and some really neat stuff. Um, you know, similar to RV, it may be providing components or it may be providing equipment for people that do things downstream that then, then directly touch the consumer. Much of it is direct consumer manufacture. Um, but there's a bunch of that, particularly mid-level manufacturing that's hidden in all these parks that you drive by, these industrial parks that you drive by that really help drive the economy. So, just an understanding of how critical manufacturing is to our local communities, um, how critical it may be to that 18-year-old that's just shaking his head and saying, well, it's either the Army or welding for me because I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to college, right? That should still be an option for our future generations. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, I'm proud to be in this area of the country because we still understand that. Um, and I would just encourage our community leaders and uh, our manufacturing leaders to to continue to give that center stage. Very good. Thank you for that thorough answer. I, I liked it. Um, I'm curious if you participate in the Manufacturing Alliance of Chester County and, and some of the programs they do, like, like what's so cool about manufacturing? Uh, because I think that manufacturing is an important industry that, that does need more spotlight and more coopetition uh, with other manufacturers right. in the area to be successful. Yeah, I, I, I am fortunate to be plugged into that organization. Um, you know, I think uh, our general manager at Genesis Packaging, I believe, has been on the board or is on the board at the current time. So that kind of uh, coopetition, as you put it, Eric, is very important to us at RV. Um, and uh, we've, uh, we've done the What's Cool in Manufacturing with some students. And I got to tell you, building stuff is cool. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff that I get to see leave the doors of RV manufacturing um, still amazes me to this day. Uh, my father is in his early 80s, and I send him pictures because it's just cool uh, to see the kind of stuff we have the opportunity to build every day. Um, and we're fortunate because we build some really big stuff. It's, the scale is quite large, but um, 
to an 18 year old that's always grown up, you know, fiddling with cars or taking a radio apart and getting yelled at his, by, by his mom. Um, you know, we're here to tell you there's a job out there for you because those are the kind of people that, that build really cool stuff when they go to work. Wow. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I know my favorite uh, uh, stops when I go to client sites are ones that are growing things or making things because it's just such a, an impressive facility and such an impressive set of things to, to actually watch. And it's, it's very tangible. So it's, it's very fun for me. So I, I enjoy it. I, I appreciate what you're saying completely. Where can somebody find you online if they want to learn more about you and, and RV Industries? It's uh, rvii.com. Go take a look at our website. It's, uh, I think it's really well done. Um, we've got, uh, as an example, we've got in-house marketing guys that grew up here and decided to go to school and study that, and they do an amazing job for us. Um, you know, we, we take ourselves and our equipment to international trade shows. We, uh, you know, we're, we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're partnering with uh, Fortune 50 companies around the globe. And uh, sometimes that's hard to imagine in uh, little areas like a spot uh, in Western Chester County, like Honeybrook. But um, yeah, I would encourage people to check out our website. Uh, again, we're hiring. Uh, that's on the website, but you'll get a pretty good look at some of the things that we that we manufacture uh, for those out there that are manufacturing the things that everybody uses daily. And folks, I've been on the website. There is a careers page. And there are positions listed listed there. So, Doug, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've really enjoyed our time together. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, Liam and Eric, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. And uh, appreciate the opportunity to let people know in our immediate area what RV does. And, uh, and uh, look forward to hearing some more podcasts in the future. Doug Thompson, Manager of Manufacturing with RV Industries. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you also to my co-host, Liam Dempsey. The Start Local podcast is published every two weeks. We invite you to subscribe to Start Local using your favorite podcast app. You can also visit the Start Local website at startlocal.co for show notes, including links mentioned on the show and summaries of past episodes, as well as information about that future in-person upcoming event. Uh, We hope you join us for the next episode. Thank you for listening. 